coming to you live from a fogged out apartment somewhere in the United States. It's the TH Cinema Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the TH Cinema Podcast. My name is Dan, and with me, as always, is the Matt Damon's to my Ben Affleck. <laughs> the silent and Bob to my Jay. <laughs> <laughs> Snorting it. <laughs> oh, my God. Hi. Silent John and... <laughs> That is amazing. And Frank couldn't be here tonight. <laughs> so we just finished doing a little bit of Wake and Bake. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Some breakfast burritos, some coffee. Do-do-do-do, do-do-do, snort report, this just in. Snort her, had her first focus boss latte of the season. <laughs> it's August. <laughs> it's too early for that shit. Never too early. Just have to put that out there. Like, it's too early in the day, and it's too early in the <laughs> season at the same time. It's double too early. Never. Or you're probably going to have another one before the day's over. Yeah, you might need one, because we're doing a double header today. Yeah. Got a lot on the docket, don't we? Yeah, it's going to be a long one, and we're going to be getting wakey-bakey, stony baloney, all day longy. I'm excited. Sunday fun day. Yeah, I feel so much like a burrito myself right now, though. <laughs> And today we're going to be watching two of my favorite Kevin Smith movies, back-to-back, and that's Dogma and Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Man, I am so excited for this. I, in this whole journey, Ben Affleck has been one of my favorite parts of it, so I'm excited that we get a little bit more of him today. I'm excited that we get to see Jay and Silent Bob do their thing in their own movie. I think we got a great day ahead of us, guys. Yeah, I'm super excited. It's going to be a fun day. Yeah, yeah so when Ben Affleck did mall rats with kevin smith and they kind of got buddy buddy he said that he was gonna like do his next couple movies with him so he did chasing amy and then after chasing amy came out affleck wanted to get a movie that him and his buddy matt were working on produced a little movie called goodwill hunting maybe you've heard of it so he turned to kevin and said kevin i need some help you're big in the community now because you put out chasing amy and you're getting all this critical fanfare. Can you help me get this movie made? So Kevin Smith helped executive produce Goodwill Hunting. Huh. Pretty uh, solid movie to have your name attached to, I'd say. And then right after Goodwill Hunting came out, capitalizing on that, you got Ben Affleck and Matt Damon together in a Kevin Smith movie. What a nice little trade-off. Man, seeing Matt Damon in a Kevin Smith movie really uh, intrigues me. I think I'm into that. So the two of them were already, like, known and established and stuff by the time Dogman came out and they were in it? Yeah, this was the first okay. movie that they were both in after Goodwill Hunting. Oh, okay, okay, okay. What, like, how close apart did these movies, like, come out? Oh, you're talking, like, the time frame of a year, really? if that. Oh, wow. So fresh off the heels. Then. Yeah, hot, hot. Dang, that brilliant strategy in all parties here. <laughs> and Dogma... This was the first Kevin Smith movie I actually saw in theaters. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I remember seeing this movie in the theaters. Was there a good turnout? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no. 
this movie was a critical flop and a half. Oh. Oh. Well, not, not critical. Critically, it's actually very acclaimed. Like, Roger Ebert came out and gave it three and a half out of four stars. Huh. Siskel and Ebert were, like, very big in that era in the movie review community. Yeah, yeah. Dudes knew their movies. So, it's a solid movie, but, yeah, people didn't show up for it, like, you know, from a monetary perspective. Well, that's a bummer. But that doesn't negate how great of a movie it is. It's kind of a take on religion and growing up. Uh, Kevin Smith grew up in a Catholic household, mm-hmm. and he was inundated with all of this dogma, for lack of a better term. And he always had this idea in his head to make a movie like this, where the things that happen are the things that happen. Right, right. Which I don't want to spoil for you yet, because it's kind of a big thing. Is this more like personal experience from Kevin Smith? Oh, no, this is an absurdist tale. Oh, okay. This is a fantasy okay. tale. Oh, okay. Man, I, the the fact that that's the route this is going, I think now I'm even more excited. Huh. And he was still re- very religious at the time that this movie was made, and he didn't expect the backlash that came out because this movie was very heavily protested against. Just because of, like, the religious aspect to it? Yeah. Not surprised by that. <laughs> it checks out. Yeah. One of the quotes that Kevin put out during the, all this controversy was that his movie is getting protested by people that will never see his movie. And they don't understand. Because he didn't mean it to be blasphemous in any way. Yeah. It was just kind of a satirical take on it. So would you say that like this whole like movie-going experience pushed him away from the religious parts of his life? I don't think it was this. I think it was like much, much later on that he actually went uh, to atheism. Ah, uh, okay. But... It definitely put a sour taste in his mouth for making movies. Yeah, I could see that. Because it was a lot of shit. He was getting death threats, like legitimate death threats. <laughs> well, and the religious crowd it gets pretty ruthless when they're angry. I mean, it's it's a lot for anybody. Shoot. But there is this really great clip of him. Uh, during one of these protests, Kevin Smith decided to blend in with the protesters <laughs> and actually got on like local news <laughs> as a protester talking bad about his own movie. That is fantastic. After the record, I need you to show me that. Yeah. Some early, early trolling from Kevin Smith. <laughs> this movie being the first one that I saw in theaters after discovering mall rats and clerks on VHS after their releases, mm-hmm. it definitely defined Okay, this this guy, I fucking love this guy. Mm-hmm. This is the movie that was like, yep. You're all in? Mm-hmm. David Pumpkin's on this shit. Okay. See, and I feel like out of all the ones that we've watched so far, this is the one that I've known at least, not that I've known a lot about the other ones, but I've known the least about this one. And the fact that this has such a religious story to it, I really want to see Kevin Smith tackle that. Additionally... To the religious controversy, there's current controversy because this is a Weinstein film. Mm. And Kevin actively does not allow this movie to be distributed on any of the streaming services because it's tied to the evil one. It's just a giant fuck you to Weinstein, and rightfully so. Yeah. That's a cool thing for him to do. I don't know... I mean, there may be other people that have done that to him, but I just don't know about it. Yeah, well, even all the Miramax movies that he uh, does have up, 
uh, yeah, because Miramax was a big collaborator and Weinstein's were involved with Miramax, obviously. Yeah. Um, the ones that he does, the revenue from the rentals of those actually go to women in film charities. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Good for you, Kevin Smith. Yeah. Good for him. So we know that all of our rentals are going to a good place, not the estate of... He who shall not be named. Yeah. Yeah, Kevin Smith. Very good guy. Yeah. All around. But yeah, I'm very excited. This is going to be a really fun watch. Uh, great cast, in addition to Jay and Silent Bob obviously being in it, <laughs> and Matt Damon and Ben Affleck being in it. You also get Alan Rickman. Dang, I keep forgetting about that every time, and I'm so excited for that. You get Chris Rock. What? Really? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. George Carlin. Dang. Like, you got some hitters in here. I feel like at this point, though, I'm not surprised. I think anybody could show up at any point in time from what these movies have have shown me. Oh, you just wait. You <laughs> See, just that's, wait. That's what I'm talking about. There's definitely on your left moments in today's programming block. <laughs> you got me on the edge of my seat over here, Dan. I'm just so confused by Alan Rickman in a Kevin Smith movie. <laughs> but doesn't it excite you so much? Yeah, yeah. Like, trying to picture what it could be, I think it's going to be a blast. <laughs> You also do get Jason Lee popping up a little bit here and there. I, I was hoping we hadn't seen the last of him in uh, in Mallrats. So that makes me happy, too. And a couple other ones that you'll be surprised by. Not like, oh, my gosh, it's Tom Cruise. But like, you know, like, like oh, huh, hey, hey, it's that guy. Yeah. yeah. And there's one extremely, extremely deep, deep, deep one that I want to see if you point out. And I might have to pause the movie to show it to you. <laughs> okay. Damn. I like a good challenge. And since this movie is being distributed, we are watching it on YouTube, so I'm not sure if it's going to be 480, so you might just have to take my word for who that is that I point out when I pause it. <laughs> That's fine. I trust your your Kevin Smith castology knowledge. <laughs> Do you guys have any questions? Like, Honestly, I can't even think of any questions because the only thing I know about it is that it talks about religion, and that's it. And it has Ben Affleck, Matt Damon. I feel like I've seen one clip from this movie. And I'm into the one clip I've seen. Like, I don't know. I, I like going in blind. You know me. I don't know anything about this movie. I didn't even... I've never heard of it until you brought it up that we were watching it for Summer Smith, so... All right, well, this is definitely something that kind of needs to be seen to be discussed because I don't want to give away a bunch of shit, so we're going to jump into a little bit of dogma. Yeah, I'm ready to unpack this son of a gun. Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's go. Now, our feature presentation. I found the movie and made the snacks, and we're back. And we just watched Dogma. Wow, what a uh, what an experience this movie was. I think we had our own experience with a higher power in the middle of this movie. <laughs> and it really enhanced the experience. Yeah, at some point, Elena's more sick got mad at us, and all the lights went out in the house, and we had to restart the movie. We all just kind of Spider-Man memed, like, what was that? Was that you? Yeah, it was weird. Any thoughts about... Uh, I'm, I'm waiting to say my thoughts. For what? The second coming of Christ? What's going on? <laughs> I'm just going to say it, I guess. I think this has been my least favorite Kevin Smith movie so far. Yeah, it's definitely a stretch for him. You have to think, like, his previous movies are very based in reality. You've got clerks, you've got mall rats. They're, they're whimsical and 
you know, but they're not this over-the-top fantasy thing. So this was a big stretch for him into very uncommon ground. At the same time, it's a little bit of a heady movie because it does deal with some heavy subject matter of religion and it's a dark comedy where his other comedies were a little lighter than this. Yeah, and I think it's mainly just because of the subject matter. I mean, I understand watching this movie now why there was controversy and why there was outrage. But on a personal level for me, like, I mean, I don't know. It's, I thought it was a fun take on religion. And I know that's not everybody's cup of tea. But I think it it got a clear message across to me that I really appreciated, even though it was, like you said, Dan, and kind of outrageous fantasy way to go about it. It it worked on to some extent for me. Yeah, I don't see this movie as much blasphemous as they were making it out to be during the protest. It's more like a what-if Christianity. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I don't get how people can be mad. Like, God won in the end, so like, what is everyone pissed off about? Yeah, it was just pointing to the infallacies within the human church and yada, yada, yada. But I think the thing that I like about this movie, aside from having that nostalgic factor about being the first Kevin Smith movie I saw in the theaters, the thing I really like about it are the performances in it. Yeah, that that's the main thing that I was going to add to what Snore said. This, on a story level, maybe not one of my favorite Kevin Smith movies, but just the characters in this movie just works so well. I, I loved a lot of different people in this movie. Of course, Jason Lee is a freaking villain once again. He just, him playing those asshole type characters. I love it. Yeah, Jason Lee is a fucking demon. Has got to be my favorite role that he's played in the Askew universe. <laughs> Surprisingly, who I liked a lot in this was no other than Ben Affleck. It's specifically like the scene where he's calling everyone out, like in that company boardroom, you know? I was like, dang, okay, that's a pretty good scene. Yeah, the boardroom scene with him and Matt Damon is hands down my favorite scene in the entire movie. Well, and I gotta say, I think Matt Damon was probably my favorite character in the whole movie, because I just think he had the time of his life filming this. He was hilarious and over the top in all the perfect ways. Yeah, you can definitely tell that both him and Ben were very comfortable doing these roles on set. Like, it was a very good experience for them, and it comes across in their performance. Well, and Ben Affleck already having the experience with Kevin Smith, he's probably like, Matt, dude, you're going you're gonna to love this. This is going to be such a blast. And Matt Damon's Loki, the redeemable arc of him, like, after he finds out that, hey, this isn't just going to, like, get me home, but this is going to shut down all of reality. Like, maybe we shouldn't do this. <laughs> and then Ben Affleck kind of taking the, like, no, fuck this, we're fucking shit up right. role that Matt Damon previously held. And Ben Affleck was kind of like, I guess... It's such a good, like, flip on both the characters that you see happen. Yeah, because I really started off, like, being on Ben Affleck's side. I was like, man, he's, like, I mean, he's evil, but he's not, you know? Where Matt Damon's a little little off the rails at times. So I was happy to, enjoying Matt Damon's character as much as I did, I was happy to see it flip and him get kind of that heroic arc at the end. Yeah, the scene in the parking garage where Matt Damon's yelling at Ben Affleck and referring to him as Lucifer. Fucking great. And then you get that, that transition of him pretty much lucifering it up, throwing him into the wall, like, no, you listen to me. Growing wings and dropping yeah. people. <laughs> and then you got Jay and Silent Bob, who really don't even show up for the first, like, 20, 30 minutes of the movie. <laughs> so you're, you walk into this, and you're like, I thought this was a Kevin Smith movie. 
and then Jane, Silent Bob, not for a half an hour almost. But you know what? That's okay because then they're just central arcs of the story. This is clearly the longest we've got them in any film. I was way surprised that they were as integral to the story as they ended up being. And guys, I got it all wrong. Let me say, Jay and Silent Bob were my favorite in this movie because this is my favorite like uh, version of them that we've seen so far. This is the most I've enjoyed them. Yeah, I thought they were great. Yeah, the opening reveal of the Planned Parenthood. <laughs> Coming in and beating some kids up. Damn right. Woman's body is her own fucking choice. Yeah, for sure. But I thought they were going to come in as their superhero characters. That's what I was expecting. <laughs> if only they did. But them in this movie, and you can definitely see, because Jason Mewes carried so much of this movie, and you can definitely tell that Jason Mewes has worked on acting since mm-hmm. his last couple of times out the gate. <laughs> He's got the chops down a little bit better. He knew that there was going to be a lot of the story relied on him, so he put the effort in. And that's, you know, the, the story that goes along with that is that, you know, when Kevin wrote the role for him and said, hey, we're going to be in this big, but you need to fucking show the fuck up. Get it together. Well, and I think that's what, what shows how good of an actor he is becoming is he takes this character who is like questionable at times. just like, man, it's hard to like, hard to root for you because you have these, just the weird way you go about talking to people and what you want. But man, at the same time, you're so fucking lovable. Like I can't help but to be on your side. He shines in a movie where you've got literal Academy Award winning <laughs> actors all over the fucking place. I mean, Alan Rickman's in this fucking movie and he's sharing scenes with Jason Mewes. <laughs> and even even that, even Rickman, who on most of his movies that I've seen him in, it doesn't seem like he was enjoying himself like a lot. <laughs> Oh, I would love to see like behind the scenes of, of him filming scenes because I feel like he just would break so often. Yeah, I was not expecting to see Alan Rickman pull down his pants in this movie. <laughs> not what I, not on my uh, bingo card. Or a little bit of Chris Rock butt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was also fantastic in this movie too. I I don't know if I've seen a lot of uh, Chris Rock in anything off the top of my head, but this was fantastic performance from him as well. Do you think this is what like spawned the Sandlerverse? Ooh. Like, like he was like, Adam, <laughs> I work with this guy, Kevin. He just gets all of his friends together and shoots movies on a company's dime. You should do that. Let's make Grown Ups 2 and Grown Ups 3 <laughs> and Grown Ups 7. I really hope that's the case. <laughs> now, overall, the movie, it was a far reach for Kevin. It was controversial at the time. I do think that the pacing of it, looking at it, it wasn't as good as his previous movies. It felt a little choppy. It felt a little disjointed at times. Like I said, I looked through this one with very big nostalgia glasses. But I can see where there were like little flaws from a filmmaking process. Yeah, I don't know. I just felt like this movie was kind of boring, and it seemed like just to kind of drag on. Really, I don't know. I just wasn't like interested in this one like I have been with the others. That's okay though. It's all about the journey. Yeah, I think he he was tackling a lot of different ideas, and there's a lot of different little subgroups you kind of follow. Which I mean, could have been a lot, but I still think the end payoff was well worth the ride we took to get there. Ultimately. Yeah, well, this was the point where he kind of started wheeling everything back. Because this movie, 
you have to you have to look at it. all of his other movies like we said earlier very based in reality you got the mall you got the clerks you got the comic book writer that's a little you know b tier but you know yeah it's not like marvel tier which is angels flying around and dropping people out of the fucking sky <laughs> so in his Ask universe he just like 100% introduced fantasy elements and you know like yeah. now these exist in universe because you put Jay and Silent Bob in it so he kind of reeled everything back to all right well what did my fans love Dogmo is still in the phase where he kind of wanted to do stuff for Sundance you yeah. know I want to do stuff to get awards I want to do stuff to yeah. get critics the next movie he did after this flopped he was like I'm gonna do it for the people that love my fucking movies and that's the renaissance well, and that's what's so crazy to me is because, I mean, like you said at the beginning of this, Dan, I mean, this was a critically acclaimed movie. Like, people really enjoyed it. Do you think that the religious backlash, if, if that doesn't happen, do you think he might have dibble-dabbled in this kind of fantasy style maybe a little bit more just to be like, okay, well, give me another chance if you weren't on the side of this. Let me take the religious aspect out of it. Or do you think he was just like, no, I'm going to be the, the crowd pleaser again? I, I think he just wanted to be the crowd pleaser and it just shows because it's not like he goes out and directs Marvel movies yeah, or yeah. DC movies. He's done a couple of episodes of like flash here and there and he's done some TV work, but I think for the most part, he loves doing stuff for his fans more than anything else. Well, and when he does it for the fans, he does it damn well for the people. <laughs> That's what I prefer rather for the people. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny. It's like your rally cry for the people, Kevin Smith. So Dogma, we did have to watch just because I wanted to. It's where Jason Mewes kind of started getting into his own, mm-hmm. and Jane Silent Bob became the focal point of the View Universe at this point. They're the standouts. Yeah, and I think they make mention at some point in a later movie about stopping angels from entering a church, and I didn't want you guys to be very, very confused by that line, because it just sounds very confusing. It's like, wait a minute, you guys did what? Did I miss a flashback somewhere? <laughs> like, the two of you? Really? Oh, I get it. So, the next movie that we're going to be watching today, which is Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, is that movie that he decided to make for his fans. So, Snort, this one's for you, the people? <laughs> This one will reel you back in, hopefully. Yeah, I think so. This is the one I was more excited about anyways to watch. Yeah, this one's going to be a lot more fun. It's much more of a dumb comedy than anything, so I think John's going to like it more than you are. Oh, (laughs) A little bit. I think you're still going to like it because it's a lot of, like, in references, it's very meta. How is it very meta? Just into, like, pop culture? Or is it meta as in, like, the... Universe. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Just yes. So much yes. There's a lot of really fun cameos throughout the movie. Ooh, yeah. But compared to something like Clerks 2, which is going to be the movie we watch on our next episode, this one's more of a dumb comedy compared to what I think you like about Kevin Smith. Okay. This is more the Mallrats style than the Clerks style. Okay, okay. Well, I'm still intrigued. I think it'll be fun. I think if Jay and Silent Bob are your favorite characters, you'll like this to at least an extent. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, too. Oh, yeah, 100%. They're all over this movie, and Jason Mewes just turns it on 100 fucking percent in this. 
is this the full muse showcase right here? Oh yeah, he goes full muse. Yep, he goes full muse in this movie. <laughs> yep. A lot of muses in these uh, Smith movies here. There's going to be a lot of fun rug pulls. There's going to be a lot of like, what the fucks? Yeah, I feel like I expect that every every go around. <laughs> there might be a little bit of like cultural explanation from Dan. Like, so back in the uh, mid 90s, middle 90s, this is what was going on. We had this network called E. Oh, I know about E Network. And there was this anchor on it called <laughs> called Maria Menounos. I think she does regal ads now. Yeah, she does. I see her every time we go to the theater. So, is this movie set back in New Jersey again? Or? Yeah, it starts in New Jersey. Oh, okay. This one, they kind of took like the road trip formula from Dogma. Because that was the fun part of Dogma, was them tri- the travel, uh-huh. not the exposition. And they just said, let's make a movie out of the road trip. Oh, okay. Sounds fun to me. But again, I don't want to give away a lot of plot points as to the whys and the hows, because I think that's part of the journey of this movie. I was watching it the other night to prepare, and just because. And I was watching it with captions on like I always do. And when I was watching, I was like, I need to turn off captions for this viewing because I want the jokes to land a little bit better <laughs> because the timing's off just a little bit. Well, now I'm very grateful that you you did your, your pre-podcast research for us. I want the reveals to land properly yeah. throughout this movie. So I don't want to tell you a lot about the plot. Okay. Just know that there's a lot of in-universe references. A lot. It'll it'll hit, trigger that little like piece of serotonin where like you remember something that you saw previously. Uh-huh. It just triggers that over and over again throughout this movie. On your left, that kind of shit. Nice. Well, shall we watch this movie then? I am ready to strike back. Snoochie boochies all the way, guys. All right, let's go watch Jay and Silent Bob strike back. Yeah. And now. Our feature presentation. I found the movie and we just kept eating snacks and we're back again. And we just watched Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. (laughs) Nice little double dose uh, action today. And boy, let me tell you what. The meta in this movie makes my head want to explode. Like, I think at some point you kind of like lose count and track of everybody who just appears. (laughs) Everybody? And that's... What what's the saying, you know? A, a who's who of people? Yeah, there's just a lot of people in this movie. A lot of fun surprises. Yeah, it's definitely a victory lap, a little tour of the Askewniverse. Everybody's got their couple of minutes. And like I said before in the mid-break, it's just Kevin Smith finding his, this is my niche. Because even from a movie perspective, this feels like a movie. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, I mean, this is, like, mainly targeted to a very, like, nerdy audience. Yeah, it's made for a specific audience, his audience. Yeah. But it's done at the best possible quality for his audience. Yeah, for sure, for sure. This is a a movie for the Smithsonians out there. Yeah, and for nerd culture as a whole, it's you've got Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher in the same movie again. Who would have ever thought? I had no idea that today I would be seeing the two of them in a movie together again. What the fuck? I, my mind was blown. 
at first when Carrie Fisher popped up, mind blown. But then when Mark Hamill popped up earlier and I put it all together, I was like, this is wild. It took me a second, though, because I had to think. I was like, was she in this movie that we watched or was she in the movie we watched right before this? I couldn't <laughs> remember <laughs> because she was a nun and that didn't help me at all. <laughs> yeah, at this point, it's almost as if Kevin Smith can just snap his little fingers like Thanos and anybody will appear in his movie. Like, Stan Lee, these two, where does it stop? Any nerd culture, like, phenom out there, I think he can he can make it happen. He can just summon them. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. He puts the Smith signal up on the clouds. Yeah. And they just descend, like, we're here. I think that's, what, like, one of the biggest surprises during this whole summer smith journey so far is how much of a pull kevin smith has i had no idea like none at all yeah the man's got nerd equivalent of street cred yeah well and to to see him have like this this deck of cards of people that he consistently pulls out and uses like you know the set no matter what movie he's making has to just be a blast and so all these other people are hearing about kevin smith movies and seeing it and seeing you know how much he loves the comic books and all the nerd culture they want to be a part of that. You know Mark Hamill's like, yeah, I'll do anything you want, Kevin Smith. Yeah, you want me to do the Joker voice while I'm wielding the lightsaber? <laughs> yeah, okay, I can do that. And, and honestly, that whole scene in this movie made me so happy for Kevin Smith since we're, we're doing this whole journey and I'm, I'm learning more about him and seeing the passion he has for his work. Nothing, I, I, maybe, maybe there's a few things, but I don't know if anything tops that moment for him like on a personal level, you know? Yeah, on a personal level of having a lightsaber duel with fucking Luke Skywalker. Yeah, because, okay, so I was going to ask you this, like, um, at some point, but I just assume that Kevin Smith is, like, a huge uh, Star Wars fan and stuff and, like, looks up to George Lucas, because was it intentional that when he was younger, he kind of looked like George Lucas, or is that just what people just look like? I don't know if it was intentional, but now I can't unsee it. <laughs> you didn't see it before? <laughs> Do you get... Yeah, like like that, like just out of film school kid look? Yes! Yeah. Yeah. Like nerdy film school guy. Huh, okay. <laughs> I love that you put that together, because yeah, that image wasn't in my head, but now it, it's there. I think it's the it's less so the look, and more so like the puffed out chest of success right after film school. You know what I mean? The pompousness. Well, and I think the glasses throw like a bit parted too. <laughs> yeah, those were definitely some Lucas glasses he was rocking <laughs> back then. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, full who's who and a very adventurous. There aren't a lot of movies out there where you have the same actor playing multiple different people in a movie and still make that somewhat cohesive. When you've got somebody like Jason Lee and you've got Brody and Banky and you got Ben Affleck being Holden and Ben Affleck. <laughs> Man, I gotta say, Kevin Smith has definitely made me a Ben Affleck fan. I, n- I never thought this would happen, but here we are. The dude is just great in every single one of these movies. Yeah, I agree. The more he's been in them, I feel like you can tell like the funner time he's having, and it's just more enjoyable to watch. And yeah, I wasn't a huge Ben Affleck fan before this, so... Yeah, the Goodwill Hunting 2 hunting season <laughs> with Matt Damon. You could just tell how much fun they're having being there. And it was great to see Matt Damon come back, too. It just shows that, yeah, he probably loved the last movie. So, fuck yeah, Kevin Smith, I'll do you a solid. Or you do it because your buddy says you owe oh. it. 
Yeah, one of the earlier movies I can think of that had a lot of uh, fourth wall breaks in it. Which I was a big fan of that too. And I thought after the first one, like that was it. And we got like three or four of them total. <laughs> Me and Silent John were talking about this recently. I love fourth wall breaks so much. So yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, and just all around the general feel of the movie. It's a good adventure. It's got so many great, like, Sean William Scott popping up out of nowhere, just sticking his head into a van. One of my favorite cameos, I think, in this movie, to go from being Stifler as the jock in American Pie to being this, like, animal activist nerd who plays guitar. It's just brilliant. The entire, like, girl, gem thieves, like, all of them, all very established actresses as well at the time, at least. Aside from Kevin Smith's wife, who was in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize how, like, uh, like, what, is this, like, late 90s or is this, like, 2000s? This is, like, like 2000s. 2000s. Yeah. Yeah, it was very, very 2000s. Once I saw the girl from Bring It On, I was like, okay, I know what time period this is. But I feel like it was the 2000s in, like, the best way possible. Yeah, yeah. It was a good early, like, it was a good 2000s movie. And there's not too many of those. <laughs> and it wraps up our Suzanne storyline. We finally find out what happened with the intrigue that Mallrats left us off on. I've been waiting for Suzanne to return, and we finally got it. <laughs> yeah, and this is the reason why we had to watch like all of these to get to this gloriousness. Yeah, I definitely think if we would have watched this movie with you know, not watching any of the other movies we watched, it wouldn't be as good in my eyes. The fact that... Snort and I now like understood every reference and every little callback. It made it a way more enjoyable experience. Yeah, if I didn't get the like callbacks and stuff in this movie, I probably wouldn't have liked it at all. Yeah, even something as not really in world like Dogma is that established movie, which the movie stuff was you know a kind of driven plotline in here with the restaurants and such, and yeah. But I feel this movie really picks up in the third act once they get to Hollywood. Because then it feels much like the first like 20 minutes of this movie where it's bam, 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 bam. Fun, 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 fun. Then it kind of like slows down in the middle a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then, but once you get onto the studio lot, it's just fire, fire, hit, hit, hit. Yeah, you get to the rapid fire that you got in the beginning, but then it enhances because then Mark Hamill shows up. Friggin', uh... You get the whole scream scene out of nowhere. That was so freaking cool. With Wes? Yes. Uh, Jamie Kennedy pops up too, another scream alumni. Yeah, you can definitely tell that uh, Miramax threw some weight behind this. They were like, all right, anybody that's under contract right now, I'm sorry, but you got to show up for (laughs) Kevin Smith's fucking movie or he's going to sue us or some shit. And my least favorite person, Will Ferrell. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Snort, how did did you do with him in this movie? Oh, I didn't like him. Go figure, but... Yeah, he was definitely very Will Ferrell in this yeah. movie. I don't know. I really do like the bit of him ripping the Velcro <laughs> off of his badge every time he introduces himself. But yeah, Will Ferrell at his Will Ferrellist is a lot to fair. Yeah, if if you're not a fan of Ferrell in the slightest, then yeah, I don't think I don't think this is it for you. <laughs> yeah. And I really love the Miranda Biggs Vanderbeek cameo. <laughs> I can't ever get mad when, when the beak shows up. And then Jason Biggs, like, they're just tallying the, all the American Pie people that they can. They're banking on that success. Why not? Fuck it. Miramax money. That's what I'm saying. 2000s. I do kind of miss that. Because this, I feel like this used to happen a lot more where you get a little bit of the crossover. I know Marvel 
It happens, but Marvel's the only one that does it. I want more movies to do crossovers. Yeah. Well, thank you to the Skewniverse for uh, creating a shared universe of movies <laughs> to make something like this happen. And can you see why I kind of refer this as his Avengers? Like he's worked on the origin stories of right. all these other things, and now it's time for them to fight Hollywood. <laughs> You know what other movies this kind of reminds me of a little bit too is like a scary movie. It kind of has like that kind of vibe to it also. Maybe just because of the cameos and everything, but. Yeah, definitely from the same breath of time. This and uh, scary movie. Those early 2000s, they had a little <laughs> sweet tooth for these these types of movies. Uh, I just, I, I wanted to say that the, I'm thankful that Suzanne returned. Because the Planet of the Apes scene in this movie was hands down one of my favorite ones. <laughs> Brian O'Halloran with his little brain getting eaten by the chimps. <laughs> Jeff getting hunted too. <laughs> yeah, speaking of the clerks, obviously they were in this movie. Absolutely love when they show up. I am so excited that Clerks 2 is the next movie that we're watching. Is that is that correct? Yeah, Clerks 2 is going to be the next one and that's the one that you're really going to love. Because it goes back to... Kevin Smith kind of going back to his heart. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Clerks had a lot of heart and love in that movie. And maybe that's what it is, because every time uh, those two show up, that's I just get that, I mean, we just watched Clerks 1 like a month ago, but I already get that nostalgic feeling. I'm like, oh, I'm so happy that you boys are back. And so that the next one is centered around them gets me all jazzed up. Yeah, this is definitely like a uh, This Is Your Life of Brian O'Halloran and Jeff <laughs> Anderson, because we're like watching like... 40 years of their career almost. And I presume most of their work was done with Kevin Smith, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, okay. yeah there wasn't a lot of side work. <laughs> so we're covering almost everything for him. Snort, I do have to know, how did you feel about this iteration of your two favorite characters, Jay and Silent Bob? I did like them a lot, but I don't know. I just think because there's so many other people popping up and stuff that I got overwhelmed with everyone. That it, they weren't as big of a character that like, I was paying attention to, if that makes sense. They were more like part of the plot rather than something that was there for the plot. Yes, yeah, yeah. There was just so much going on. But it all worked. They're so funny. Muse just, he is so good in this one. He gets more outrageous as these movies go on but at the same time it's more like honed in and perfected and i really appreciate it more and more <laughs> the more we see it yeah because we've literally watched this guy in what like bit parts in one movie bit parts in another movie bit part really small bit part in a third movie right. bit parts in another movie maybe two-thirds of a movie and then starring role this got the, and these are the only movies he's acted in. it's right. not like a ben affleck where he's going and doing five <laughs> other things in between these projects right yeah, I just wonder how it is to to be on set of one of these movies. Listen, I'm sure it's an absolute blast. That's why all these people will gladly keep coming back to do it. Yeah, when you're pulling people like Carlin in the prime of his life out to go stand on a uh, side of a road and pretend to give roadhead to a trucker. <laughs> just committed to the bit. You got some pull, Kevin Smith. It's a pretty solid get. It really is. I do just have a question for you, Dan, and you might not know. Because it's kind of like a dumb question, maybe. But the reviews that Jay and Silent Bob read, do you think that Kevin Smith like pulled like real interviews or <laughs> real interviews, real reviews from online at the time, and just peppered him into the movie? Oh, I'm sure he did. That that whole part was just a fuck you. Like to, just like, calling that talk shit about his movies, calling the internet out. You sons of bitches. That is the thing I noticed about this in 
about this movie is that like the internet's new in this movie because Ben Affleck shows it to them. But guess what? It's the exact same as it is now. <laughs> Just people talking shit. Pretty much. All of our actors have changed through their lives, but the internet remains the same. <laughs> yeah. Fucking internet. Yeah, when he said, what the fuck is the internet? Like, that line kind of, like, hit a little bit. (laughs) Because we were watching a pre-internet movie. That you remember watching when it came out? In theaters as my second (laughs) Kevin Smith movie in theaters. (laughs) And you really got to appreciate the Kevin Smith lines in this one. Just two of the best Silent Bob drops. The blow-up after Suzanne gets picked up by the car. Of him just consistently <laughs> losing his shit over and over again. It's one of those things that you just you know is coming at some point. For for as great of a relationship that him and Jay have, like man, Jay does treat him like shit kind of a lot. So I was happy he he finally put Jay into his place. Yeah, and how how is he ever gonna guess that that's what he's trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Jay also did have some good points. You could just drop a yo, that's a good burrito every I know. once in a while. And then just putting Banky in his place at the end, just that's the consummate. <laughs> like that what that's what Silent Bob needs to break the silence to do. It's just pretty much lay the hammer down, be like, this is the shit that's going down. Yeah. He's like a, he's like a stoner monk, but when the time comes, he needs to break his vow of silence to set things right. And I feel like he's like his brain is like the human file cabinet. Like he he just has everything locked up there. And when he needs it, he's got it. Tony, the two stoner characters in this movie, they're the most powerful people. Because even Jay, he summons so many things throughout these movies. He says shit's going to happen, and it fucking happens. I'm fucking Scooby-Dooing shit. <laughs> I totally forgot that <laughs> the mystery machine shows up. What the fuck? This movie really did have everything. This movie is everywhere, everything, all at once. <laughs> all across the universe. And that's going to be a wrap on Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. We did it. We did our double feature. Yeah. Look at us, guys. Lining them up and knocking them down. Yeah, well, we got a couple more ahead of us. We still have one more double feature we're going to end up banging out. We're going to be watching um, what I'm expecting to be Snort's favorite movie, Clerks 2. I'm excited. And then we're going to be watching the reunion movie, essentially, which is Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. So I'm is that movie like very similar to this one that we just watched? Like, is it like a sequel to this one? Yes. Okay. Yes, it's a reboot sequel of this one, kind of. Huh. I have no idea what we're gonna get with it, but if this movie is any indication, I'm all for whatever whatever <laughs> we're in store for. Yeah, totally very similar. So next trip on the Summer of Smith, comma Kevin, we're gonna get the heart, and then we're gonna get. The madness. The madness and the fun. I love a little madness. But before we do that, we're going to be doing our Labor Day special episode. And as is tradition on Labor Day, we do kind of a war movie. Because <laughs> yeah. I mistook what Labor Day was a holiday for, for way too fucking long. <laughs> I just knew I didn't have to go to work. <laughs> but in our tradition of doing the war movie, we're going to be watching Starship Troopers. I am beyond thrilled to finally watch this movie. Nothing but great things have been read about this movie on my behalf. It's a cult classic. I think it's going to be a little wild and off the rails. Snort, I hope you enjoy it. 
I don't know anything about this movie. I have, like, no clue. Starship Troopers is a futuristic story about space marines that go to fight bugs. Giant monster bugs on planets in a war. Huh. With Casper Van Dien and Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> it's, it's a ride, is all I can say. When did this movie come out? This movie was 1999, was, I want to say, somewhere around there. Yeah, it was late 90s, yeah. It was the summer of 99. Oh, okay. <laughs> well? Maybe 98. It's, it's one of those. I sense not a lot of excitement over there. <laughs> Some hesitation. Rightfully so. I okay. don't know if this is going to be a <laughs> snort enjoyment movie. That's okay. But it's going to get one off of John's list that he's been meaning to watch. <laughs> I think it'll be a lot of fun. It'll be fine. It's it's cheesy. It's over the top. It's it's a lot of things. <laughs> and Casper Van Dien. I don't know who that is. He's a very famous actor. Yeah, because I've, heard, I've never heard of him. Is he self-proclaimed? No. Very famous? No, he does this in my heart. Oh, oh. Because I'd love me some Casper Van Dien. Well, I'm excited to share this experience with you. And after that, we will be continuing our Summer of Smith Comic Heaven with our Clerks 2 and Jane's Allen Bob reboot episode. So, woot woot, and then straight on to Clerks 3. Woohoo. We're getting close to the end of our summer. Yeah. We are getting close to the end of our... Oh, wait. Do you hear that? I, I hear a call coming from across the Askew universe. This is fucking Randall Jeff Anderson. <laughs> so you're probably wondering why I'm part of this and... It's because the TH Cinema. All you fucking podcasters think you're so damn clever. THC Cinema is doing a Summer of Smith. You sit around, you smoke weed. What is there? There's Silent John and Snort and uh, Dan, right? You guys sit around, you get stoned. Now, that begs the question, if there's a podcast and there's a guy named Silent John, is he really there? It sounds intriguing to me. Getting stoned and reviewing movies. Good time. I'm with it. Enjoy your little podcast show. Review your fucking movies. Get stoned. I'm all for it. Do whatever you got to do. But listen to me. Clerks 3 is coming out soon. <laughs> I suggest you get stoned watching the movie. Don't save it for the fucking review. Go off and have fun. Summer of fucking Kevin Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Review your movies. Get stoned. Goodbye. Randall fucking Graves himself. Avid THC enema supporter. Oh, man. On board with the summer of Smith, Kevin. Well, we gotta do what he says. Go see, smoke some weed and go see Clerks 3. Fuck yeah. And if you want to be just like Randall and follow along with the summer of Smith, Kevin programming block... Give us a follow on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Teach Sima Podcast. Make sure to follow us and rate us. Leave us a review. Five stars on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever else you can listen to this at. And that's going to do it for this week. So if you see three people walking around with an orangutan, but they're really, really high come over and say hi that might just be us okay bye bye snoogans
Anytime I watch this movie, my uh, my bless you is after people sneeze, get a little bit more consistent for a while. <laughs> yeah, I think I've been lacking in that department. That'll probably change now. God knows you don't want Matt Damon <laughs> to bust in here. Usually we say the opposite when one of us sneezes. We go, demons. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's counterproductive. It doesn't matter what you have faith in as long as you have faith. <laughs> demons. Because we're waiting for you to interject. Yeah. I feel like I'm, it's just the two of us I'm talking. Waiting for us to go on to something else. I don't have much more to add about. Okay. What, what, what do you What do you have stuff on so I can yeah. read it? Yeah. yeah. What What are the, your talking points that we yeah. get to? Um, I don't know. I just kind of thought this movie was a little boring. That's my thoughts. That's where I'm coming from. <laughs> That's your entire talking point. <laughs> yeah. So until we get to that, you're not going to chime in. Well, I'm just waiting to, I'm just waiting. I'm just trying to think about the movie, too. Yeah, and then you've got Jay and Silent Bob, who don't even, like, show up oh. for the first, like, 30, oh, now you have something? <laughs> yes, I, was I forgot. Just getting ready to say, she just waited for Jay and Silent Bob strike back at this point. You say the name, <laughs> she fucking lights up. <laughs> That's what I have to speak on, is Jay and Silent Bob. Okay, okay, okay. thank you. Of course. Oh. Okay. <laughs>